born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. I have titled my message today, Is My Three Fathers. Didn't they have a program one time on TV, My Three Sons? Or? Never watched it, but I remember the name. But I thought my three fathers is a lot better than my three sons. The reason is I didn't have three sons. I had two. But I um, wanted to read this to you. Kind of made my day. My daughter sent this to me last night. So I told her, I said, can I, can I read that at church? She said, okay. Dearest Dad. I thought she wants something. With Father's Day approaching, I'd like to take a minute to express my never-ending gratitude for all that you do. Being a father is not an easy task. You are the first man to really show me what love is. Your love for God and family has made a huge impact in my life. To be honest, I can't remember a time when you weren't there for me. And you did those things because you loved me. You're also the one that led me to Christ. You were the one that showed me the love that God has for me and to trust the Lord always. You're the one that showed me the importance of witnessing and winning souls. Speaking from my own experience, I am sorry for every gray hair I caused you in the past, the present, and then she put, in the future. <laughs> Is that a warning? <laughs> means it ain't over yet. Now I understand he just wanted the best for me. So my daughter, Trina. And I love my daughter, Trina. I know if you've got kids, you love your kids. But anyway, I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of 1 Corinthians and chapter 4. 1 Corinthians and chapter 4. And it was interesting this week when I went to see the, you know, the doctor and all, they always asked him, when were you born? When were you born? Oh, I've always been born. Now, they wouldn't believe that, would they? You ask some people, well, when did you become a Christian? Oh, I've always been a Christian. No. You had to be born. There had to be a day you were born. Just like we automatically assume you have a birthday. Now, you may not remember the day you were born because you were just a baby. But somebody wrote it down. Somebody remembers Hey, you were born. And you were born in a certain place. It happened in a certain... You did. Well, I was just born all over the place. No, it was a certain place. A certain time. And um, I'm thankful for my, my heritage. You know, some people, they get to where they, they don't like what they came from. 
I, um, I'm thankful because I've been able to use my personal testimony for so many years. But use it in a great way. When the Bible says, honor thy father and thy mother, unless they're heathen. No, it doesn't say that. Honor thy father and thy mother. I've always wanted to honor my mom and honor my father, even though my father isn't here. But I pray that my dad is, is in heaven. You see, a man by the name of Jack Fields was a barber. And one day I went to get a haircut at uh, Jack's Fields Barbershop. And I'm sitting there and he says, you're, um, you're that Yankee fellow, aren't you? I said, yeah. He said, I knew your dad. I said, you did? Yeah, his name was Shine. I said, yeah, I know. He says, uh, I did his funeral. I didn't know that. I had never met the man that did my dad's funeral. He says, um, that was quite a funeral. He says, I talked to your dad before he died. He was 47, dying of cancer. I was 13 years old. I was up in Pennsylvania. I never got down for the funeral. And uh, he says, I, I gave him the gospel. And he says, I, I believe he trusts the Lord. So I'm listening to him, and I'm thinking, that's, that's great. I, I, I hope it's all true. He says, you won't believe how many people came to his funeral. He says, the sheriff and all the deputies were there. <laughs> he says, IRS agents were there. Federal agents were there. State patrol were there. He says, and a lot of other people came. I don't know if some of them just wanted to verify, yep, he's dead. <laughs> or if they really honored and respected my dad. Now, my dad was a very likable guy when he was sober. But he wasn't sober much. He was 31 years old when he married my mom. She was 14. She wanted to get out of the house, get on her own, have some freedom. She had six kids by the time she was 23. I don't know if she ever did get her freedom. I was the third child, and she was 17 when I was born. But my daddy, he liked the church hymns. I remember hearing my dad sing church hymns. And I remember my dad singing country songs. I didn't know they were country songs. And I didn't know that all the ones were church hymns. They were just songs that my daddy sung. I found out a lot later. Now, I never saw my dad in a church or my mother. I never saw them read a scripture or have a Bible in their home. Never heard them have prayer. Never heard the words, I love you. But my daddy would go to this little Methodist church. They call it a Thursday. But it was way out in the country, a little white church on a dirt road. And he would get drunk, but he'd come by the church, and they'd want him to come in and sing. So my daddy had a, a good singing voice. At least that's what they told me, and a lot of people have. So he'd get in there, and he would sing, and they'd want him to get up in the choir with them. Now, my dad would be drinking, but the more he drank, the more sociable he got. And the more he could let her rip, and he loved to sing. But I don't remember ever being taught Christian principles from my dad. For you that don't know, he was a bootlegger. You say, what's that mean? He, he made, he sold corn in jugs and spent time in the chain gang. It's all true. 
But he even wrote a song one day called, She Was Only a Bootlegger's Daughter, But I Loved Her Still. <laughs> but one of the songs that he used to sing, and I remember him singing was, uh, Oh, I forgot the song now. <laughs> but I'll never forget it. It was Irene. Good night, Irene. Anybody here ever heard that song? Good night, Irene, something like that. And um, but he'd sing that song, and he'd sing a few other ones, you know. And I remember him singing. But um, I've often wanted to, you know, write a few songs. I've written quite a few, and I um, thought you'd like to hear some of the titles of some of the songs that I wrote. These are country songs that reach into your heart and make you, you know, real sentimental. You know, kind of gets you tugging right there. How can I miss you when you won't go away? You know, if the phone doesn't ring, then you'll know it's me. Another good title is, If you won't leave me alone, I'll find someone who will. You know, these kind of songs kind of grips you, you know, that has absolutely at times, you think, no meaning whatsoever. I'm so miserable without you, it's almost like having you here. I'm sorry I made you cry, but your face is cleaner now. The oil is all in Texas, but the dipsticks are in D.C. <laughs> but I'm thankful for my heritage. I'm thankful for my mom. Even though she didn't know the Lord back then, and neither did my dad. But that was my mom, and that was my dad. Sometimes as a, a child, you, you want your parents to be proud of you. But my dad was never there. My mama left him when I was seven years old. And moved to Pennsylvania. We left him in Georgia. And I only saw him a couple times after that. But a lot of times you know when you're living your life and doing things, you always want to wish your mother or your dad was there to give a good compliment or say something nice about you. You don't mind getting it from everybody else, but especially you want family to stick together. Family to love each other. It just means so much. It really does. If you will, look there in 1 Corinthians in chapter 4, and look in verse 15, where it says, um, For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. In other words, what he's saying is, uh, I led some of you to the Lord through the gospel. You're like my children in the faith, my sons in the faith. Now, over the years, I've had a lot of people that I've led to the Lord. And I've had some of those people that are very thankful that I, I gave the gospel. And they trusted Christ as their Savior. Well, Mr. Jackson was my father-in-law. After we had been Betty had run away and got married, he was waiting for us when we got back to Athens. And he had a gun in the car, but he had mercy and thought instead of parking my soul in eternity, he would get me ready for eternity. So he led me to the Lord. And I'll never forget the day 
though there was many days, many months, and several years that we stayed together, I remember this night. Because that's the night I trusted the Lord. And he shared with me how that God loved me. And that Christ died on that cross and paid for my sins. And that if I would trust him, he would give me as a free gift everlasting life. And that was in 1960. So I've got me a spiritual dad, and I've got me a real dad, and I've had two stepfathers, and I've, well, I guess I could say uh, the devil. The Bible says uh, your father the devil. And I guess I had an old sinful nature like the devil. I guess I wasn't doing too good. And then I trusted Christ as my Savior, and that changed everything. It just changed everything. So, you're here, and it's Father's Day, and maybe your daddy isn't all that you wanted him to be, but he's your dad, and you still ought to love him and show appreciation and honor him because God says to do it. But not just because God says to do it. I think you should honor him because that's your dad, and that's your mom. Honor your father and your mother. And seek to live in such a way that they may not even approve of the way you live, but it honors them because you did right, and they should be thankful for that. Not all parents are as appreciative as they ought to be of their children. I love my kids to death. I love my grandkids. Are they perfect? No, they're just like me. They're not. But I love them. And so you try to challenge them to trust Christ as Savior and to serve the Lord. Now, the greatest father of all, and you know who that is, because I can't find any fault in him. He had never done anything wrong. And he also, he loved me. And he wanted me in his family. And so, he's the one I want to talk to you about a little bit. So, take your Bible and turn with me to the book of John chapter 3. Now, this is a, a simple message. Very simple message. Not hard, complicated. It's not heavy on you. This is a, a light meal. We're going to eat something else later. But this is just like a, you know, a little appetizer. And yet at the same time, it's so deep, most preachers can't follow it. You'd be surprised what most people say about these simple little things we're going to look at. In John chapter 3, and look in verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You must be born again. Now, going to church doesn't make you born again. Giving money is not how you get to be born again. Dedicating your life to the Lord is not how you get to be born again. So there's no amount of good works you can ever do that can help you to be born again. But if Jesus says you must be born again, you must be. Wouldn't you assume that? You must be. And if you're not you can't see the kingdom of God. And then in verse 5, he says, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You can't see it and you can't enter it. It's a world you'll never be a part of unless you're born again. Now, the Bible tells us 
in a very simple way what that means. Look there in verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You will get everlasting life. It means you are going to be born again. You're going to not only see the kingdom of God, you're going to enter into the kingdom of God because you have believed on Jesus Christ. And that was the only requirement that was given. And you that believe it shall not perish. It means that it's impossible for you to go to hell. I got a letter this week, kind of a heartbreaker, of a man who stated two or three times in his letter, I just wonder about those people that are Christians that are going to go to hell. A Christian, one who has trusted Christ as Savior, cannot go to hell. None of God's children can go to hell. I am one of God's children. I cannot go to hell. Until I trusted Christ as my Savior, those years that I was lost, I could have died and gone to hell. Boy, am I thankful for the mercy of God that I did not die. And yet I had so many close calls. I'm alive by the grace of God. And I'm so thankful for that one man who came into my life, my father-in-law, who shared with me the best thing he could have ever shared with me. Because he knew that the only hope for his daughter was to get Yankee right with the Lord. And so he did. He led me to Christ. He had plans. He, he didn't set his traps. He was going fishing. I didn't know anything about it. He outsmarted me. He knew exactly what bait to use, what to say, and how he put it all together was awesome. I relived that in my mind many, many times. But I want you to take your Bible, look in John chapter 1 and verse 11. John chapter 1 and verse 11. You'll notice that God kind of gives us an idea what He's going to talk about, how it's going to be accomplished, what you must do. But He's telling us, even in the beginning chapter, you must be born again. See there in verse 11, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, receiving Christ, believing on Christ, trusting Christ, it's all the same thing. It all means the same thing. Just a different word. So when you receive Christ as your Savior, when you trust Him as your Savior, when you believe on Him, it's all the same thing. When He says here, But as many as received Him, to them gave He power, or the authority, to become, look at that, the sons of God. Evidently, you were not His Son before. You'll hear people talk about the Brotherhood of man and the fatherhood of God. You know, God's the father of all of us. No, He's not. He's God. He's creator. But He's not my father until I'm born into His family. He's not my father until He fathered me. And so the Bible says that God has sent forth the Word, which is in person, Christ, and the Word, these are seeds. And these seeds are planted into the minds of man. And when you believe on this, you're born by the seed of the Word of God itself. It germinates. 
causes a birth. You're born into God's family when you believe what he said about his son. So he says here in verse 12, To them gave he power to become the sons of God, the children of God. Get this, even to them that believe on his name. To receive him, to believe on him, is how you become a child of God. As you go through the scriptures, especially in John, you'll find the word believe over and over and over again. To receive him is to believe on him. When we say believe on Christ, we're saying would you receive him as your Savior? Will you trust him? Because believing on Christ is how you're born into God's family. If you do not believe on Christ or trust Christ as your Savior, there can be no birth. If you're trusting in your works, there can be no birth. If you're trusting in the church, there can be no birth. If you're trusting in anything you can do, there can be no birth. The birth takes place only by you accepting Jesus Christ and Him alone as your only hope of going to heaven. Nothing else will work. You can't help Him. You can't add to it. Now, get what he says in verse 13. Which were born, not of blood. In other words, my family, my children, as precious as they are, are not saved because I'm saved. My wife doesn't get to go to heaven because I trusted the Lord. Now, Betty's mother one day was listening to the radio. She heard about Jesse Henley and the tent revival he was having there in Athens, Georgia. So she decided to go down there, and lo and behold, she trusted the Lord. She got saved. But she heard the verse, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thine house. So she came back and told everybody they were saved. She got saved for them. And thy house, if they believe. Everyone is an individual thing. You are not going to heaven because Aunt Susie trusted the Lord. Or your grandpa used to be a preacher. I've asked people, said, where are you going to die? Oh, my grandfather was a preacher. Well, what's that got to do with anything? Or my dad, he, he serves in the church. He's a deacon. Oh, that's wonderful. That's great. But that's not the answer. So he makes a statement here in verse 13. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. You can't make it happen. It's not because of your desire all the will that you have, all that you can muster up, your determination, your commitment to live a good life, to turn from sin and make Christ the Lord in a mask, it's not possible. It's not that way. But notice the last three words, which were born how? Of God. God can do it. Man cannot. You're not a Christian because your parents were Christians. You're not going to heaven because somebody you know and love are going to heaven. You, individually, you must be born again. And you're not born again just because you heard that you had to be born again. Just because you know how you're supposed to go to heaven doesn't mean you're going to heaven if you don't do what that knowledge tells you to do, if you don't trust Him. I believe there's a lot of churches with a lot of people who have heard it over and over and over again, 
and still refuse to trust Christ as their only hope. Well, I'm going to be good just in case. You're annulling it. The works of the flesh cannot save a man. Therefore, no man is justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Christ alone. It's only that way. Take your Bible and turn to the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter and chapter 1. Many of these things, no doubt, are very repetitious to you. But understand, there's a lot of times some people have never heard what you have heard all your life. And you may go to church, and you hear it, and maybe you take it for granted. Well, everybody's heard that. And sometimes they've never heard the most simplest of things. I was 18 years old and never heard John 3.16. Here in 1 Peter chapter 1, notice what it says in verse 23. Being born again. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God. So that means you're being born into God's family because you believed what the Word of God said. And whatever the Word of God is, you can become. If I take a seed of a watermelon and I plant it, what can come from that seed? A watermelon. And if I plant some cotton, I can get cotton. Whatever seed I plant, I can get that from that seed. This is incorruptible seed, and we preach the Word of God, and we sow the seeds, and your mind is the ground upon which the seed falls. And some of it, the birds come and gets the seed before you get a chance to think about it. That's why while the preacher is preaching, sometimes there's a sermon I was preaching years ago called The Sin of the Blackbirds. That while you're sitting in church, your mind begins to drift and the seed is sown, but a little blackbird, another thought came in and stole that seed away. And it profits you nothing. There's people who go to church all their life and they sit and daydream, think about other things instead of what's actually being said. And the word Prophets, them, zero. And then they get up and leave and say, you know, I'm just not getting anything out of the sermon. I'm tired of all this milk. I want some meat. You ever hear people say things like that? The preacher hears it all the time. The Bible says, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So that's what is a description of the word of God. It's incorruptible. It liveth, and it abides forever. That means when you trust Christ as your Savior, you become a child of God, born into God's family. And because you're born into God's family, you will abide forever. There is no end to you being a child of God. So once you're born into God's family, you are always God's child. He will always be your father. None of God's children have anything to worry about going to hell. It's impossible. If there's a heaven, if there's a hell, 
God's the one that says how to go to heaven, how to avoid hell. He said, if I trust Christ as my Savior, He gives me eternal life, and you shall never perish. Never in the future. Never perish. There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ. You cannot be condemned in the future. Because there has to be sins laid against your charge that would keep you from going to heaven, and that's impossible. All my sins were laid upon Christ. And therefore, I have the free gift of everlasting life. Were you ever told that you must confess Christ before men to be saved? Were you warned that if you refused to confess Christ, He would not confess you before the Father? Just what does that mean? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.